Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Scott Luden with Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's episode. So in this episode, we're talking with a supply chain leader on the move. He's going to inspire you. He's got a bunch of new ideas for industry, a lot of new inventive and, and creative ideas for industry. So stay tuned for what promises to be an intriguing and informative conversation. Hey, quick programming note. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to venture over to Supply Chain Now, wherever you get your podcast from. Subscribe so you don't miss conversations like this. And hey, we'd love to earn your review. Tell, let us know how we're doing. And you can do that, of course, on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from. That helps us get the word out and reach more folks. Okay, I want to welcome in our guests here today. I've enjoyed some a couple of pre-show conversations with Andrew. He is a recent graduate from the prestigious supply chain management program at Michigan State University that the world is familiar with. He has joined the team over at Nestle as a supply chain development program associate. And in a very exciting development and where we, how we kind of initially got connected, he founded the National Supply Chain Foundation, where he continues to serve as CEO. So with that said, let's welcome in Andrew Chen. Andrew, how you doing? Good. Thank you for having me, Scott. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. I see you got your Michigan State colors on. I love yep. that. Go green, always. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, beyond their supply chain prowess, you know, one of the top schools in the globe for supply chain management. They also always feature one heck of a basketball team amongst other things. So did you ever attend many of those basketball games? Yeah. You know, Spartans, you know, running basketball, we're always the big 10, big 10, the the big 10, uh, the conference has been really tough recently, but you know, we're always up there. Um, Football hasn't been doing too good, but we we sticking with basketball. I, I went to a couple games, so it was fun. Outstanding. And, and, you know, it's neat where most, a lot of the world is kind of starting to get back and enjoying sports again and being able to do it. So in person, of course, we got to get the whole world there, but, um, but we will. All right. So I want to, I want to get to know you a little better before we start talking shop, so to speak. So tell us where did you grow up and, and share a couple of anecdotes about your upbringing? Yeah, of course. So born and raised Metro Detroit area, lived in a city called Rochester Hills. It was, very suburban, so to say. So like the, in a sense, lived in a bubble, but very, you know, grateful that didn't have to kind of go through many hardships growing up, given that, you know, especially since first generation Asian American. So that's kind of where, where I grew up from. Always thought I was going to, you know, growing up, always thought I was going to be in the, in a field of science and in a, in a, in a role of science, but ended up being in business. So that's where it took me. I think, well, combination of both, you know, my parents instilling that stereotypical, you know, mindset into me and also really loved sharks, you know, when I was little. So I wow, think, okay. Um, yeah. That's, you, that's, all right. So you shared it a lot there. I got to go back a little bit <laughs> and dive a little deeper. So first off, you said you're a first generation Asian American. Is that right? Yep. So, so where, right. where'd your folks, where did they grow up? Yeah. So my parents came, migrated from China my mom's from Shanghai and my dad's from Xinjiang. So I don't don't know the exact dates when they came over, but they were born there, and then um, they had me and my siblings here uh, in in America. 
And you, how many brothers, sisters do you have? I have one brother and one sister, both older than me and both went to Michigan state. So oh, it runs in the family. <laughs> <laughs> and then you also mentioned that you thought growing up that you'd be pursuing more of a science path, but of course you went business and supply chain management. What do you think tilted that for you? So I think, like I was saying, the, the reason why I thought I was going to be in kind of the science field was, you know, stereotypical Asian American or Asian parents really like, you know, their children to be in the STEM field. Um, and I also, you know, growing up really like sharks. Uh, so marine biologist was a dream job of mine, you know, back in the day. That was that. And kind of, I think what, what veered me off was I just wasn't good at it. Uh, <laughs> hey, I love that honesty. I'm with you, especially chemistry. I, I was terrible at chemistry. I, I got out of calculus as a senior in high school. I just, it was, and, and I started computer science when I, when I started school at university of South Carolina, Andrew, Oh wow! Mm-hmm. I was horrible at, at just, you know, the base, the building blocks you've got to learn and build upon. So you can get into coding C plus plus at the time and others. It just, it was above my pay grade. So, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but I love that. And of course, the graduating from Michigan State uh, with a supply chain management degree is is very much so cachet. So looking forward to kind of seeing how your career plays out across global supply chain, especially with Nestle, uh, leading mm-hmm. organization. So let's do this. We already talked about what you graduated and, and, and when you graduated. You just walked. Did y'all have an in-person graduation ceremony? Yeah, we actually did. So really grateful that Michigan State was able to kind of come up with a plan to have, you know, in-person graduation. They split us up instead of having one big one for the business school, it split them to majors, um, which honestly was better because it was like an hour long or two hours long. So really short. So um, it was about, yeah, uh, two months ago. Yeah. Okay. So man, you're, you're, you're freshly graduated from Michigan State. Freshly graduated. Yeah. What was your, so when you think through all the different classes you took and, and your teachers and different experiences that made up you know, your collegiate experience, what, what were a couple of your favorites? Yeah. So a couple of my favorites would have to be so procurement. I think procurement was, you know, one of, one of the big ones, negotiations um, was another big one. And then last but not least, I'd say management strategy. So those three kind of make up, you know, my, one of, I guess the favorite courses um, at school. So I got to make sure Kelly Barner with Buyer's Meeting Point hears this. So procurement was at the, one of the top three of your experiences, and that, that's gonna that's gonna make her day for sure. But you also mentioned management strategy. That's that was a that's a great one and a curious one as well. What what aspect of management strategy really was it? The curriculum was it? The teacher was it? Was it kind of how the class was conducted? The topic mm-hmm. itself? What was it? Yeah, I think well, with all three of them, I, I really think it was the teacher or the professor that made the course enjoyable. So um, a lot of interactive things to do within the course while we were studying and everything. So that's kind of what, what the, re- the, the sole reason why those were top three. And then within management strategy, I kind of really like how at a high view, you have to look at things and kind of make sure, you know, things align within the business and how that, you know, how competitively you play in the field and like where you play and how to play. So um, that's kind of what interests me um, with the strategy. So Wonderful. Say. Did y'all talk uh, change management much in that class? A little bit of change management and how to yeah. kind of go about that with a lot of communication and a lot of people don't like change though. <laughs> You're right. It's, it's baked into us as humans, right? 
And I, I love, I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing as, as you, uh, you know, I think you're in your second week right now as we record this with Nestle. I'm looking forward to seeing the change you drive in global supply chain as part of that team. Let's talk about first, though, this National Supply Chain Foundation. So tell, give us a little bit of the story of, of what led you to create it and what it is and, and maybe what's next. Yeah, of course. So um, the National Supply Chain Foundation uh, emerged, you know, last summer when, when COVID was at an all-time high. Um, and at that point, I, my internship was rescinded. So, and the, the reason why I came up with the National Supply Chain Foundation was, you know, as a junior at that time, it was, you know, studying this behemoth of a, of a major with so many different career paths. Um, and, you know, supply chain is so broad that I was kind of, I didn't, I was, I was in a lost space that I didn't really know if I, where I wanted to pursue my career path. So that's kind of where this, this community lies in a sense to help students um, learn supply chain and network easily, you know, where we're connecting students through, you know, college students with each other, bringing in professional speakers, or even just simplifying supply chain through our newsletter. So, so you found, uh, if I heard you correctly, so this was summer 2020, right? Yep. And you found, so just like you were trying to connect the dots across this massive industry that was, you know, makes, that makes global business happen. sounds like there's a lot of other folks that were, you know, in, in school and your age that were also struggling to kind of connect the dots too. Is that right? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely correct. It was trying to help other students in, in a similar position as me to kind of um, know what supply chain is. Cause it seems like, you know, while, while I was thinking about this foundation, the three ways to kind of know or learn supply chain is, you know, one, you're taking university courses, but, you know, some universities don't even have a supply chain program. Um, and, you know, you can't take every single university course out there in supply chain, right? So that was one. Two, you do internships to kind of gain experience within a certain field. And in a sense, it's difficult to get internships in general, you know, even without COVID. But then with COVID, you know, all of them being rescinded, it was just in a tough, tough position to be in. So, that was the second. And then the third is networking, being in a community to learn about supply chain. So that's where this kind of foundation lies of trying to spearhead networking, speaking with other individuals in those different roles and learning from their experiences to, to gain knowledge within the field. So it's wonderful. Let's see here. So I bet it was a tough day when you learned that your internship had been rescinded, right? Because so many students, including myself, really use that internship to get that practical world experience. That's important to helping you find a job. So I got to commend you. You know, you kind of took those lemons you got from that and kind of took it to make lemonade with with creating an entity that didn't just help you, but helped all the others that, that probably were dealing with, you know, theirs being rescinded and just the, the, the common challenge of kind of getting exposed to different aspects of this, of this massive industry, huh? Definitely. And with right now, we're sitting at around 200, you know, in this community thinking about, so right now it's, it's really, it's kind of a, it's a virtual community, of course. So we're thinking about transitioning to say a group chat um, or some sort of, you know, physical community where we can kind of um, talk with one another more on a personal level, um, like, you know, supply chain child and kind of learn about each other's personalities and everything. But um, with that value, bringing in, you know, professional speakers um, to learn more about supply chain, kind of um, telling them to take initiative to connect with other college students to learn about their internship experiences and, and whatnot. Wonderful. So kind of what I'm hearing there uh, is what's next for the National Supply Chain Foundation. It, while it started at Michigan State University, this is an organization that you're leading 
and you'll be leading into this next chapter as you find new ways of, of, of creating that valuable experience and, and that value part, really that value prop for being a part of it. It sounds, sounds like y'all have got some big ideas to lay out there soon. Yeah, really big ideas. And, and we're really, you know, in a stage of kind of figuring out the structure. We're trying new things. We like to, you know, we're, we're a small group of individuals on my team. And, you know, we, we want to, we have innovative ideas. We pursue them. We learn if they fail, we learn fast, we move forward. Right. So um, that's where we take it. And um, although it did start at Michigan state, you know, hopefully we can connect, even though it's not affiliated with, you know, Michigan state and, and universities, but hopefully in the near future, we'll be able to have communities across different universities. Um, so we can connect ideas and kind of experiences with other college students from different universities and, and, and top, you know, supply chain school. I love it. Let's talk about what, what's next for you, aside from the foundation, is this a supply chain development program at Nestle. So tell us, you know, what does this next chapter for you professionally look like? Yeah, so you got it right. I'm a SCDP for short, supply chain development program um, at Nestle. And it's a three rotations, 12 to 18 months um, within the end-to-end supply chain. So you kind of carve your own career path on, you know, what function you kind of want to um, be in. And for me, I'm in the technical procurement group. So doing procurement. So they're really interested in that field and going to be working on kind of capital equipment. So yeah, that's that's the, the beginning of my career path. And it's really about networking within the org to kind of see where you want to go next. Love it. And and so, so it sounds like uh, it's going to be an opportunity for you to get a well-rounded introduction to real world global supply chain. So procurement, a procurement forward position will be up first. What do you think will come after that one? I don't know. It's, it's up in the air, but I really like supply chain excellence, you know, utilizing my IT minor, um, my information technology minor that I uh, had at Michigan State University to kind of connect automation, you know, the, the innovative stuff with supply chain to enable it. Um, and also, you know, demand and supply planning is pretty interesting too for me. So, I mean, there's a lot, there's, you know, supply chain, there's, there's so many different functions and, you know, you just can't really pick one until it comes to you and you decide what you want to go with. I love it. So speak generally with me for a second. Um, you know, so it sounds, I love this program. Nestle's got built um, Cisco, C-I-S-C-O. I worked for the other Cisco, the Cisco food company, but Cisco, the technology company has got a very similar program that I've learned about. And it seems like it's, it's part of a trend, which I love because of the, the the different experiences it offers. Does this type of program, do you think, really resonate with recent college graduates? Yeah, I think, well, I don't know if it's, it's starting to become more relevant, you know, rotational program, because it, well, the benefit of a rotational program is that it, it helps you learn the end to end of supply chain and have you experience different rotations to see what you like and also have a more diverse portfolio as a supply chain professional. So you kind of learn that or you gain multiple experiences and skills within, you know, supply chain. And it's becoming more prevalent, you know, to university students as they kind of dive into this field, because of course, like I mentioned before, and, I, and as always, it's, it's a very, very complex role or right. field of study. And then within that, I think that the downside or what people kind of, kind of are iffy about joining is that sometimes it can be a long you know, you're committed to a long period of rotations or you're in a location that you don't prefer, but it's really about, you know, personal balance of you, would you want to be in a specific role that you can see you can grow in or a specific location. And um, I think you can find one that has the best of both worlds, whether that's Nestle, Cisco, or other rotational programs out there. 
Love that. Okay. So I want to, I want you to finish a sentence. So based on all of your experiences and education, now your, your early practitionership, um, I want you to finish a sentence for me. So global supply chain would be better if, if it can adapt and be ready for anything. Aha. Uh-huh. And we've, so. and including pandemics or whatever disruption is thrown away because, you know, Andrew, while we hope all hope and pray, knock on wood, that, you know, the next pandemic will be a long time from now. Mm-hmm. But disruption is continuous. It's just the kind of the, the type of disruption and to the extent. Is that right? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And it's not even I mean, we do know, you know, pandemics can affect us like this now, but it's the things that we can't see that we have to be more aware of and kind of resilient. And, you know, if we, a supply chain can adapt to anything, then I'd say we're safe. But it's, I think, yeah, it's, it's about finding issues that we can't see. Yeah, nice. Great point. And learning. And, you know, one of the really important things I think we, we as business leaders, we've got to be sure not to, to miss out on and uh, from this pandemic is, is a, let's take these tough lessons learned, very difficult lessons learned, right? Learn from them and apply true fixes, right? Not band-aids, you know, hoping and praying that, you know, the pandemic is over and we can get back to business as usual. There's, there's, there's no room for that type of thinking. We've got to really, to help be prepared for what, as you say, is unseen. We, we've got to, we've got to really work on instilling and, and building true resilience. We've heard that word a thousand, hundred thousand mm-hmm. times into these global supply chains, right? Yeah. Correct. And I think with all that being said, it comes down to data. Um, data is king right now. And with being able to, you know, see that data and, and react fastly, um, react quickly to, you know, the changes of, of that data and then um, create a plan to move forward um, to adapt to that, I think will will be great for supply chain. But it's, it's difficult. It's challenging. And I think there just needs a lot of teamwork um, to, to be able to. I'm with that. you. I'm with <laughs> you. I, I, that's one of my favorite aspects of global business, but certainly global supply chain is, is people still make it happen. All the, the technology in the world, it, it's really impressive, but there's so much opportunity for people. You know, I was on a live stream earlier, earlier today uh, and a technologist was sharing about how, you know, let's leverage technology to take care of the blocking and tackling the mundane activities that no one wants to do these days. Right. And let's use that to empower and and free up your people that know the business and can come up with new ways of serving the customer, new ways of doing things, you know, uh, and just frees them from the burden of the, you know, got to make the donuts, got to make the donuts. That, mm-hmm. That's really the, the um, that augmentation aspect of technology is really what excites me a lot. What, what about you? Yeah, I agree 100% about that technology. And I know you know, with change again, like some people, some supply chain professionals are, are scared of that, you know, automation and bringing that in because, you know, some say it might take away their, their roles or, sure. or so to say, but I think it's not really taking away their roles because it's doing all those mundane tasks that allows them to creatively think and have a more strategic output instead of, you know, waste or not wasting time, but, you know, doing those, those tactical um, day-to-day uh, duties. Right. Um, and, mm-hmm. Let's let the supercomputers or the quantum computers or whatever they are right now do their thing. Right. Yeah. I want to ask you, I'm sure you're studying global industry now that you're officially part of it. What's a couple of business issues that might be on your radar more than others here lately. 
maybe not so to say business issues, but two that you know I've been tracking or are on top of mind right now is one recently is actually a new variant of COVID called the Delta variant. And mm. I think I read it was 60% more infectious. So definitely, you know, curious or to see, you know, how that's going to affect, you know, coming into the fall, the more colder season and, you know, what universities are, are going to do, you know, especially if it, you know, becomes another outbreak, but I'm sure hopefully we'll be able to contain that. And that's just kind of, you know, where, how the, I guess, a virus can adapt and, and mutate to, to a new variant. And I think that kind of translates to supply chain as well, where, you know, you have to adapt and be better than your competitors and so to speak. So making that connection there um, as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It, uh, I'm with you. I'm hoping that uh, th- these variants are scary things, you know, especially as you start to kind of catch your breath a bit because we think we're you know past right. the worst of it, but this Delta mm-hmm. variant, it's, it's been interesting to see. So before I talk Eureka moments, anything, any other business topic that you're, kind of tracking right now Mm -hmm. and one more thing that i'm tracking that was you know all over the place a couple months ago is nfts so non non non-fungible tokens not really a business issue but something that's you know that's been popping up in 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 every every news and and blockchain and everything and i don't you know i'm not an expert in it but it seems like it's a the one of a a virtual one of a kind and it, it really shows or to me it really shows a glimpse of what the future can look like where where innovation innovation can take us um and how we can connect that with you know business um issues business needs or even you know personal choices yeah well said i'm i'm like you i'm not a cryptocurrency expert but i've been kind of learning and and do my own homework because like you said i i really think and there's many folks that are absolutely committed that that is a snapshot of the future especially as blockchain continues and it's just one, you know, one of the, the things associated with it oftentimes continues to make new strides in its practicality and, and impact. But cryptocurrency is a fascinating thing, fascinating mm-hmm. thing to understand just kind of how it's, you know, how it's mined and how it's how it's exchanged and, and just how it's changing commerce and transactions as we know it, you know? Yeah, very, it's, it's complex in itself. And there's a lot of um, nuances within that space still. But being able to learn that and just diving deep and being curious in that field, I, I'm sure it, it has a lot of strides to take and it'll take you places too. Yes. Bit, I mean, Bitcoin, Elon Musk, I swear he <laughs> must, be, must be the most powerful person in the world. He puts a tweet out there and, and markets shift. It, yeah. is, it is fascinating. With Dogecoin too and all the other different types of <laughs> currencies out there. <laughs> it really is. Uh, it, it's a crazy, it is a crazy age we live in here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you strike me as someone that can be deeply introspective and, and reflective is my hunch. We'll see if I'm right. One of the things we love talking about here are Eureka moments, right? We have, you know, some, some days you have dozens of them, you know, especially here lately, but what's been one Eureka moment as stood out to you, uh, maybe one that especially tied to this pandemic age. I'd say one that tied, maybe to this pandemic or one really recently and it kind of relates to you know even without a pandemic as a general human and kind of um as a population in a business in a business field or a business mindset is um learning effectively takes time um i say and i want to put that word effectively in there because you know some people can learn fast and and that's great but if you want really want to understand something you know it, it takes time it, and what really showed me were reflected on that you know since being so new to Nestle and with the two weeks of onboarding I've, I've discovered so far is that 
Nestle in itself, there's so many moving parts that I'm trying to be familiar with. And on top of that, I got to learn my procurement role, right? So um, it's just, it's just going to take time and I have to really adapt or embrace this, you know, growth mindset, um, you know, learn, take risks, learn from my failures, learn fast, you know, learn fast and fail forward, um, but also be humble in a sense. And I, I think um, there's a saying that I really enjoy that, you know, you may be smart, but other people have been smart longer. Uh, so <laughs> you have to kind of, you know, take that all into account and just um, be humble and, and kind of set your, your head down and move forward and, and kind of learn um, the day-to-day activities and just learn about, you know, what's going around you um, and understand, you know, being empathetic towards, you know, everything, especially during a pandemic too. Wow, man, you're, you are, you've like got an old soul, wise <laughs> beyond your years. I love that. Other folks have been smarter longer. I'm going to steal that from you, Andrew. All right. So I'm going to, I want to insert one more question here. So um, if you want to give a shout out and we don't have to name last names, but any new colleagues that you've met as you've, you've joined the Nestle team that you've really enjoyed, you know, rubbing elbows and and exchanging perspective with already. Yeah. So, well, shout out to my, my program manager, Steve, you know, who's been taking care of us SCVPs. So the class of SCVPs, there's like seven of us and they're all from, you know, different universities. A lot of names, but, you know, my whole class of SVPs really was able to kind of um, pursue this orientation with them. You know, a lot of meetings back and back, back to back with them, just hearing their insights and experiences about, you know, what they went through and also um, how they like, you know, the organization as well. So that was that. And I, I did have a chance to um, speak with the the chief procurement officer at Nestle as well. Wow. One on one. Yeah. And he had a lot of great insight. Um, and I hope to, you know, make that connection with them moving forward too. Um, so that's been great. That is awesome. I, I love that access to leadership and access to to the newest team members. That, that that's a great two way street. Anyone from Michigan? Oh, Big Blue. And and would you would you still work with them and give them a hug, or is is the rivalry too strong? <laughs> I'd say, well, if we're talking about sports, I might <laughs> I might not talk with them. I might not even look at them, but. <laughs> <laughs> they always like to say we're the little the little sister or little brother um but you know in a in a business setting when you when collaboration is key you know they have their their insights you know that diversity of thought um being in a you know from a different school different you know, background and i think you know working with them and you know meeting hands together is, is always key um but you know sports wise that's a different that's a different story where we're taking them down always <laughs> I love that. And I love your perspective there. You know, uh, our differences do you know make us stronger, make us more innovative. And, and it's just, it's also the spice of life and it's still, ha- it's still fun to enjoy those on the, on the, on the, um, you know, football field and, and the basketball court fun to enjoy mm-hmm. those arch rivals. Okay. Definitely. You got a ton of stuff going on. I really, again, I admire all that you've accomplished, especially during this, these crazy times, I'm really excited to kind of see what's next for the National Supply Chain Foundation. And as your as your career and profession continues to unfold, we'll have to have you back and, and get some of your early, early learnings. But how can folks connect with you if they, if, if they want to compare notes or they want to get involved in the foundation or what have you? How can folks connect with you? Yeah, definitely. Um, my LinkedIn is always open to messages. So feel free to message me there. You can find me at Andrew Chen at MSU. Um, probably would, would pop up 
there or my my actual username is andrew dash lu l u dash chen c h e n so connect with me there feel free to message me just to connect we can um have a one-on-one -on -one coffee chat or if you're interested in the national supply chain foundation feel free to message me and i can kind of uh direct you that way wonderful and of course uh, listeners, we're going to make it really easy. We're going to feature those links on the episode page, on the show notes, so that you can connect uh, with Andrew. Or Andrew Chen, it is a pleasure. It's, it's great to connect with you prior to today, but I was really interested in kind of hearing your your thoughts on, on some of these questions here today, and and you've exceeded. really enjoyed this, this powerful, albeit brief, uh, conversation. You got a ton of things going on. Are you, are you finding the need to have some clones for tackling all, all that you're up to? Um, I, I wish I, I did have some clones that would, you know, do some, some of the day-to-day -day stuff, but I think just keeping organized and, um, just doing stuff in a timely manner, being effective and efficient is, is how things run. But, you know, there's a lot of mistakes that are being made, you know, I'm like moving forward, just, just learning. I think life's just all about learning, I guess. I'm with you. Spoken mm -hmm. like an old soul. I love that, Andrew. I love that about you. Well, hey, man, we wish you all the best. We're going to keep our finger on the pulse of the things you're up to. We'll have to have you back on, especially as things continue to evolve and unfold. I uh, really appreciate you uh, sharing your time here today on Supply Chain Now. Yeah, thank you. And I appreciate you having me on here, Scott. It was great Wonderful. connecting with you again. So, folks, hopefully you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. When you got bright people like this coming into the global supply chain profession, things are going to be good. Uh, and it gives you, it gives all of us a lot more confidence uh, in, in getting through these challenging times, those that we know, and of course, those that we don't know, um, you know, more disruption and change around the corner. Hey, if you enjoy this conversation, be sure to find Supply Chain Now wherever you get your podcast from. Subscribe so you don't miss a single conversation. Be sure to connect with Andrew Chin and the National Supply Chain Foundation. And if you do anything else, very important on behalf of uh, our entire team here at Supply Chain Now, this is Scott Luton signing off for now. Hey, do good, give forward, and be the change that's needed. Be just like Andrew. We'll see you next time right here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.